the County Pulse Podcast, where we take the pulse of Kankakee County and beyond and talk with our friends, neighbors, and movers and shakers. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at the County Pulse and drop a follow. Welcome our host, Jeff Dexter. Now let's get this thing started. Joining me today is Zach Freeman, uh, whose son, Owen, plays for Bradley Bourbonnet High School. And I wanted to thank you today for joining us, Zach, and uh, welcome to the County Pulse podcast. Well, thank you for having me, Jeff. It's important for us at the County Pulse podcast to make sure that we start highlighting our student athletes. been lucky enough to watch the boys basketball team. I haven't had the opportunity to watch the other sports, but we're going to do every sport that we can on here and every athlete who wants to be highlighted and then help them with their goal of if they want to play at the next level, any way we can help with that. And then, you know, try to get the recognition back down here into Kankakee and Iroquois County. So, and I wanted to kind of get you on, kind of get the pulse of someone you know really well, which is Owen Freeman, and uh, he's your son. And Owen's, uh, for our listeners, Owen's a six six, going to be sophomore, correct? Yes, he has actually grown since then. He is now 6'8", six six. and yes, he will be a sophomore. 6'8". So you just place a little brick on him with your own two no. fans and slow him down. No, no, no. We want to keep him, keep him growing. Well, I, I, I say I put a brick on my son's head just because he's got to remind me every day he's taller than me. So I don't. Right. But what are you going to do? I, I'll take him as tall and as big as he, uh, he's he been planned to be. So, um, And he played last year as a freshman, uh, averaged about 11 points, 11.3 points a game, about seven and a half, seven point six 7.6 rebounds, and I think shot almost 70% from the field if the numbers that I've got are correct. Does that sound about yeah. right to you? Yeah, yeah, I think he actually ended up setting the record for the school with his shooting percentage. But yeah, he he was around his eleven to twelve points per game and between seven and eight rebounds a game. Yeah, as a freshman. Yeah, very good, very good. He's a well put together kid, and and we'll, we may talk about this a little bit. He's I know we talked a little bit prior to the show. He's had some good training, but he's a well put together kid. Great footwork and stuff, and. Uh, you always enjoy seeing that with your uh, kids that are taller that can move quickly and handle the ball and get in there and really mix it up. So, Zach, I thought we could talk a little bit about who you are and your experience on the basketball court because you have some and then kind of jump in to uh, kind of our highlight today of Owen, if that's okay with you. Yeah, that sounds great. Okay, so let me ask you this, Zach. Where did you grow up at? I grew up in... Mount Zion, Illinois, which is down near Decatur, Illinois. I'm familiar with that area. You grew up down there. Did you go to high school down there too? Yes, I went to Mount Zion High School, um, which is just a, I mean, it's a small school. I think there's a total of 700-something kids, 800 kids in the in the high school. So, yes, that's where I was born and raised. Do you recall what class was that? I know classes were may have been different at the time. I'm trying to think when that class kind of things we, we We were class 2A. We were one of the smallest Class 2A schools back when I played. I had some uh, folks on. I had Coach Big Pete from Deep Dish Football. I had Kurt Waite, who's the new uh, basketball coach over at Kankakee, who coached my daughter playing basketball over at Bishop Mack. And I was telling him, one of the things that I like about the 1A, 2A schools and being able to see them, uh, at least on TV, is that they have a really good fundamental game. They don't don't find a lot of kids who can jump out of the gym and do all that kind of stuff. But some of the teams that we played, uh, especially at Bishop Mack, you know, we went down and played T-Town and stuff like that. These small schools have really good, I always say, really good product to put on the field or on the court. And they were very solid fundamentally. And I think sometimes, and me and Coach Waite were talking about this, he'll have a running team this year. May not be as score potential there in Kankakee because they lost their leading score. She graduated and went on to, I think, play at Drake. But he's going to really teach them kind of the basketball essence of, a, you know, kind of get a, a head for the game to know, hey, sometimes you can go into a game and we ran into that when we were playing travel ball. We go to New York to LA circuit 
and they were so fast that it was unbelievable how fast that they moved. So you had to get on the court and just boom, be gone. And so then you had to slow the game down into half court game, which takes them out. And so that's one of the things I love about 1A, 2A ball is just the fundamentals. And did you guys have a lot of work when you were playing in high school on those fundamental things? Yeah, we uh, we actually started back when we were like in fourth grade. So, and it all started, you know, they coached you up through kind of like the same system all the way through. So they taught you the fundamentals and everything back in fourth grade and then worked you on the way up. So you got pushed fundamental, fundamental, fundamental all through you know, your middle school all the way up through high school. Yeah, that's so valuable. I mean, I think sometimes people think, well, there's disadvantages being from a small school. And and I think part of, and again, not to be redundant here, but I think part of why we're doing this is we're not, we're a bigger school at Bradley, but, and Kankakee and some of these other places. But part of the reason that podcasts exist is, in part is to get recognition for these other schools. And so when you look at some of these players that are in these small schools around the state, they just haven't been highlighted. There are solid kids uh, who do the right things on the court. So I wouldn't say I'm in love with 1A, 2A, but I really like it because I think it brings me back to where I was when I was younger and and played uh, basketball. And I noticed too, Zach, you went on to play in college here locally. If I'm not mistaken, you played at ONU. Is that correct? Yes, it is. I played from 97 to 2002. I registered my freshman year and then played for four years back in, will be 98 through, through 2002. Can you talk a little bit about that experience at Olivet and, you know, kind of the program a little bit, uh, what you experienced as well as kind of your things you remembered, especially because I think you guys did pretty well during that time and uh, went pretty far in the tournament. Is that correct? Yes. Um, I kind of had a benefit of my high school career. I had four different coaches in high school. We changed coaches every year for some reason. And one of the coaches my junior year was Coach Jim out of Olivet. He came down and coached us one year, my junior year. So we kind of ran the same system as Olivet did. So when I went to Olivet, I kind of I already knew the system and everything. And it was a lot of fundamentals. It was one thing about Coach Hodge is, is that you could bring out the best in everybody. You know, it doesn't matter who it was. Some years we didn't have the best talent, but we still won you know, 20 to 30 games because he knew how to get the best out of each player. The best year we had was my sophomore year. We ended up making it to the final four. We had four seniors that started, plus myself as a sophomore. And we made it down to the national tournament and ended up making it to the final four and got beat out by the champion that year, Life College. But uh, I grew as a basketball player through Coach Hodge and the assistant coaches, Obi Coomer and Coach Shim. You knew what they expected and they, they held you to it, but yet they loved you on the side. Yeah, they might have got on you, but they know that they were going to come back behind you and give you a hug and tell you good job and all that later on. So the experience I had at all of that was unbelievable. I would not be the man I was or the player I was if I hadn't gone there. I did end up with the all-time leading scoring record, which I broke coach's record my senior year. And I also hold, I still hold the all-time leading rebounding record, but my scoring record got beat last year by Nick Reed. So, but yeah, all of that, it was a great experience. For me, that's what's great about when I talk to some of the coaches. One of the things they talk about, and, and I've become pretty close with Coach Cole in the sense of kind of digging into what he does, his thinking, his philosophy. He's done some video. We had some kids come over from Ball State that's, I think, getting their degree in media relations and stuff. And some of the things he talks about is loving the kids and all the coaches love the kids. And, and talking about kids who going through school, he, he mentioned, he didn't mention a kid by name, but he said, there's a kid, gave a kid a hug, and he was a little kind of pulled back a little bit and come to find out that was the first time the kid had ever been hugged. And so he kind of takes special interest in that. And he talks about wins and losses, but he talks about the importance of loving those kids and making them better students, better athletes. But more importantly, the game, as you know, will stop 
and being a better man, a better husband, right, and a leader in your community. And I think when you can hear people talk about programs they were in, coaches they dealt with, it is really inspiring to know that it's, you know, there are some coaches in good, bad, or indifferent, are all about the wins and the losses. But you've got some, even in college, you've got young men, young women in your in your hands. They're like clay. And so how do you mold that clay to give them those building blocks that they need to be successful in life? And it sounds like Olivet and, and Coach Hodge and the coaches there did that for you. Yeah, it was to the point to where if Coach Hodge told us to go run through the wall, I think, I think you know, 99% of us would have went and tried it. We just had his respect because, you know, he, he showed us respect in the beginning, you know, and that's how, I mean, I don't, I don't know how to say it, but bless his soul. I mean, he, he passed away now and I, I, it's, it, it gets me almost every time I start talking about him, but he, he was, he was a difficult man, but he was a great leader and a great person to be around in the knowledge of the game. Difficult meaning he was hard on you. He was going to push you, but you knew in the end he was going to be there to love on you and care for you in the end. Kind of reminds me when I was, you know, I was in labor relations. In fact, I was with the International Brotherhood of Teamsters in in Chicago, and I had a uh, we had just uh, the international had just taken over local, and there was they said someone was coming down, and they said Joe's coming down. So I assume that's some guy. Well, some lady came walking in, and. Um, it was one of the important people that came in with uh, what they describe in the labor movement as, as the trust in the trusteeship. And so she, she was uh, really tough on me. Uh, in fact, I used to tell my wife, cause I, right when I started out, she came in. So I, I was new to it and uh, she was really, really hard on me. And I used to hate having to deal with her. I thought, boy, for some reason, this lady just does not like me. And I kept telling my wife, well, I got to stay up late tonight and I got to do this. And she wants to do this. And then I'd write something and she'd want to proof it. And then she would rewrite it. And then I, she'd say, make whatever changes you think you need to make. So I'd leave all her stuff in, make the changes, send them back to her. And she'd change all the things she wrote. And uh, it was a real frustrating time. And I didn't realize the value of her until later she came to me and said uh, we were having a kind of a staff get together in the summer and she pulled me aside and she had tears in her eyes, which was unusual because she was a tough lady. And she said, kiddo, I'm leaving. I'm going to Washington, D.C. I've got another job opportunity. And I I hate to see you go, Joe, because I think you've provided a lot of good things to us. And she said, listen, I want to tell you something. You're one of the best and the brightest. And she said, I know I was really hard on you but I really loved you and I wanted to bring the best out of you. And that was the first time I think I realized because I had lost my father when I was seven. So I didn't really have a father figure. So I think it was the first time I had somebody that was that tough on me. And then my thought was she didn't like me. Her thought was this kid's got talent. Let's make him the best he can be. And I ended up, you know, just really admiring her because after we, you know, she wasn't leaving immediately, but after that, we became really close friends and I had a lot of respect for her and she had a lot of respect for me. And she just wanted to test me. She wanted to push those limits on me. And I think that's what some coaches are really good at is pushing that limit and getting you to expand outside your comfort zone to make you a better player or a better union official or just a better person. And I think, you know, after 26 years of being in, in the job before I retired, I, I, I still think today I wouldn't have been the person I am as a union official if it hadn't have been for her. So I think it's always so important, and it's great to hear that story, that that's, you know, even though they're different type of things, but Coach Hodge had that impact on you because there are probably times you thought, man, he's awful tough on me. Um, and then you can, as you grow older, you realize the importance and why that was. So that that's great, and it's great that you have that relationship, and it's great that you can uh, have those type of emotions for him too because uh, those people, I think, are, are a lot rarer than what people think. And uh, when you can continue to strive through, not quit, you become a better a better man or a better woman because of it. Right. 
and and there was many times where where we wanted to quit and we wanted to give up because we hated practice we hated the conditioning that we went through but but yeah he knew what he was doing to get the best out of it sometimes people ask me you know could you have went bigger could you went i don't know but i'm so glad that i i did choose all of that and i stuck it out and we you know, we finished my career there in 02 and had a lot of great memories. Well, and I think that's an important part of it too, which we may touch on today is, uh, you know, kind of managing expectations. And sometimes that fit where you're at. When my daughter played, she had to, in her mind, she had to play Division One, And she, she had some pretty big schools looking at her. It's all such a chess move that, you know, somebody decommits or someone gets injured or whatever, and then they're no longer interested in you because they got to plug in your position now. And she was adamant she had to play D1. And we had actually went up to uh, Grand Valley State, and, and there was a coach up there that you know, I was the kind of college coordinator for her softball team. And I dealt a lot with the colleges uh, at the sites and stuff when they'd show up and talk to them. And this guy I seemed to really like, and he was a great guy, uh, Doug Woodson was his name. He was a softball coach there for many years. And she was like, nah, I like it, but let's keep going. So we went out east, went to Drexel, went to different places. We went to Louisville. Of course, they had made some changes, so they weren't interested. So she ended up at Providence. And don't get me wrong, great education, everything else. But I think in her mind and in our mind, we wouldn't redo it. But Grand Valley State, which was a D2 school, probably would have been a better fit for her. And I, the reason I say that is sometimes people get stuck on, I've got to be at this top program. And there are really good programs all the way down from D1, D2, D3, NAIA, JUCO, whatever it is, where you can really get that relationship and get that growth that you need. It's really neat that you can get a growth on the court and be a better player, but growth as a man as well. Um, and look back on it because... Uh, it's always nice bonded with somebody in my work uh, beyond the, the lady I talked about, uh, a good friend of mine, Tom Nightwine. He's retired now. He became kind of like a father figure to me, and I still talk to him to this day, and he's getting up there in age and stuff. But it was a tough job that I had. It was a tough environment we were in. But I always felt once I kind of understood him, it was almost like having uh, another father figure there. And it, so it's it's beneficial. So it's great to hear, and it's especially great to hear about a school in our community where kids need to think that this is, uh, don't just think beyond. I mean, I don't want them to give up on their dreams. You know, you want to win a million dollars, right? But, you know, uh, that million dollars may not be right for you. It, it may be right in front of you, and it that's kind of the way when you're thinking about schools is I want that big school, but there could be a school right in your backyard that could be a great fit for you. So that's wonderful. So I, I was going to, I was going to ask you, uh, cause this has been a really tough year for everybody. It's probably been tough on, uh, you guys as well as anyone else. How has it been on Owen, uh, to keep focused on the upcoming season with the COVID-19 and stuff where he hasn't been able to, you know, physically probably see his coaches and players, fellow players as much. How's that been to deal with? Basketball-wise, it hasn't been too bad because we've been able to get in a gym and work out and continue working on his, on his game and his fundamentals and um, his footwork and, and all of that with my wife. Um, cause she is a professor there and we're able to use the facility. We've been fortunate enough to be able to go in there and, and hone down on some of the stuff that he needs to work on as a ball player. So basketball wise, it's been, it's not really been too bad. It's actually been kind of beneficial, even though we were looking forward to playing the travel ball season and stuff like that. But his fundamentals, his footwork and all that is going to be better because of it, I think, because we're going, I mean, almost twice a day going to the gym and working out and shooting and working on dribbling and working on his footwork and all that, you know, almost twice a day with my wife in the morning while I'm at work. And then when I get home, we go in and get some more shots up and stuff like that. Um, one, just because I want to go to the gym and two, just to, he has big dreams. 
um, similar to your daughter and how she wants to play D1, Owen wants to play D1. And to get there, you're going to have to work at it. And he has developed a, a work ethic that he, he wants it. So we told him that he has to work at it. So he's been wanting to go to the gym more and more to do that. So not seeing his friends and all that, it's it's been kind of difficult. Um, lucky enough, they do have all the social media apps and all that where they can kind of snap each other or text each other and all that, that where they can kind of keep up with each other. But it's still difficult when you can't see him face to face, but he's getting through it. And Owen's more of a stand back, not a very, I don't know if you would call it social, but he's not one that, you know, he could, he'd be fine staying at home, you know, where like my youngest son, he'd rather be with all a group of friends instead of sitting at home. And where Owen, he's more of a homebody and more quiet, reserved, where I mean, it really hasn't affected him too much. Um, now that him and his brother have been home together, it's been kind of chippy. But other than that, I mean, it's been actually been better because, I mean, I mean, we as a family have grown. And I think the boys have grown basketball-wise. And I think it's been beneficial, really. And how have you guys adjusted uh, with the impact just as a family? I know for us, and Grayson's kind of, when you talked about Owen, Grayson's kind of the same way. He's got friends, but he would rather, you know, he stay home, play PlayStation, just hang out, watch movies. I think he's watched Transformers, I don't know, probably 500 times. So just one of his movies he watches, you know, but he, he likes it. But I think, you know, like the first two weeks was – great we're not going to school and then after that it, i could tell we we try to watch him really closely so me and my wife could tell there's a little bit of a problem and part of that was is that we had him on a pretty good schedule in the off season of working out we'd work out two to three days here and then two to three days up at uh, eft when they were in mccook and uh for football and so that kept him busy and he's the type of kid Sounds like Owen is too, that they don't complain about working out. They, you know, if they want, they, they go do it. In fact, he worked out yesterday and was like, oh, I'm so tired. And then next thing you know, a friend called and said, hey, do you want to go shoot baskets? So he went and played basketball and uh, outside somewhere. And I don't know that uh, I could have been able to do that, but he just doesn't complain. And it sounds like Owen's that kind of same kid. He's got something on his mind and and some goals and stuff set before him and he's willing to work we've never heard knock on wood we've never heard uh grayson complain you know like hey you gotta go work out today if it's early or if it's late or whatever he just goes and, and he i think he knows at least he internalizes stuff so he doesn't communicate as well as like our daughters do because our daughters sometimes they talk sometimes they talk too much um, and so she was like, well, there's certain things I don't want to know. They're both out of school and, and working and stuff, but, uh, he doesn't talk much and I, uh, he, he's a pretty quiet kid too. So sounds like Owen's kind of the kid that you can get to the gym and doesn't complain about working out. Yeah. And like I said, he, I mean, my wife's been basically taking them in the mornings and, and, you know, doing weights and weight training and stuff like that with them. And then, you know, doing a little bit of shooting, but not a, not a ton, just to kind of, you know, keep your muscles used to shooting and all that after weights and all that. So they do that. And then, you know, when I get home, we go back and we'll, you know, we'll do, you know, more of the ball handling and the drill work. They love it. And, you know, we can't really do anything else. So might as well be in the gym, right? Absolutely. Um, it keeps them busy and it's kind of the same philosophy we have when things are normal, right? When we don't have the COVID-19 is we found with our oldest daughter, she was around good kids. Uh, she played during school, but then she played travel. And, you know, one year, I think we played 160 games, which we determined was way too many games to play, but we ended up playing, uh, up at the max up in McCook, which is a huge indoor facility, and we couldn't get during the day field time. So they started a softball league that ran from 11 o'clock at night till five in the morning. And we did that. Now, why would you do that was because the kids in California and down South, they play year round. And that's the only way we could keep up with them. Looking back on it now, I think we were crazy, but that's what we did. And we were committed to doing that. And I think that's the other component Zach, want to emphasize for parents is 
you can't just say, son, go do it or daughter, go do it or whatever. You've got to be fully invested in that kid, not just as a human being, but if there's goal from the kid that wants to play college ball, whether it be soccer, basketball, football, whatever it may be, baseball, you've got to be fully committed. You've got to be all in for that. And that and that doesn't just mean getting them to games and, and doing stuff, but also doing the things when nobody's looking, right? Doing the things when maybe you could be just saying, you know, I'm going to go out and work in the yard or I'm going to watch a show or whatever. Parents have to be fully committed in getting that done. And if you do all the hard work now, it does pay off later. And that's also what colleges are looking at. Is this kid doing the things in the off season to be a better player. Right. And uh, right. And that's, you know, both my wife and I both graduated from all of that as, as basketball players and both all Americans, you know, at that, at that time. So we both know kind of what it takes to get where you want to go. And I'll speak for myself. I didn't do nearly enough to, get noticed, you know, in the summer and all that to work on my fundamentals and all that. I didn't do that, which could I have and could I have went somewhere different? I'm sure I could have, but we kind of know what it takes to, you know, be an NAI athlete or to be a division one athlete. There's, you know, those that work hard and push themselves during the summer, or there's those that just play, play during the year and try and get better during the year. And that's kind of where I was come, you know, growing up and, but I never had nobody kind of push me or do any of that either. We just played basketball and, you know, went to the park and played. But other than that, we didn't really work on anything where now we're working on his fundamentals, working on his footwork, you know, trying to work on his shot, you know, make it to where it's better. And, you know, he wants to play that level, then you're going to have to put that much more work into it. So um, we're trying to just let him comprehend that, that, you know, difference of NAI and those D1 players, a lot of it is it, it's natural talent, but it's also those that work work harder in the gym to try and get there. When you look at it from the perspective of where we were at when we were younger and where they're at, is it, it, I've noticed in all the sports that it's become much more refined. There's much more focus on smaller, I wouldn't say micro, but smaller, minute things that you do uh, to get things done. And coaches want to see that, you know, so coaches want to know, especially from the world we're in, which is, you know, football, you know, they want to see what is your wingspan. They want to see how, how high you can jump. They want to see actually how much you weigh. They I work with EFT out of Chicago, um, and they had two locations. They had one in, in McCook, which is more on the – southwest side and they have one that's on the north side which is much more difficult to to get with but because of COVID-19 they're no longer at the McCook location but it's a top-notch program and I was talking with Elias who's the owner college coaches now want stations especially now since they can't see them they want stations they want to see kid do what they say they're going to do they want to know is this kid really 6'2"? Or is he five nine? They want to. Is right. he really two fifteen, or is he more like one ninety eight? Right, and and they want to see certain minute things that it's broken down. Where back in the day, I mean, I can't say we were young. So like you, I I played basketball. It seemed to be I I could probably add up. It was probably forty hours a week. I loved it so much, but we didn't really get into those fundamentals and in and in that kind of the minuteness of. You got to do this, 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 and this, and it's become more of a refined process. And I think kids have to understand that you have to do these things because the kids that you don't see are doing those things. And there's always somebody more talented. There's always someone that's a harder worker. Uh, there's always someone that's maybe stronger, a better shooter. So you have to have all those areas covered to where you can do all those things and be a match for that particular person. And, and especially, you know, you mentioned travel ball. And I think you folks are, there's a two organizations I think that have combined into one uh, that covers kind of the mid part of the state. Is that correct? Yes. Um, 
we are looking, we're this year, we're looking at playing with Midwest Prospect, which is out of the Peoria area. But they, they did collaborate with Quad City Elite, and they used to be Illinois Irish. And then they made Midwest Prospects. And a lot of the players that are on his team are out of kind of like the central Illinois kind of bracket, you know, the Peoria area, the, there's a kid from Iroquois West. And, um, I mean, Denver down by Danville area, there's a couple of kids there. So, I mean, it, it is a lot from those smaller schools, which is, which is kind of what we like and very fundamentally sound, I think program. So. I had seen that they combined, and uh, we actually last year had played against uh, both of those teams, the Illinois Irish and the other uh, group. Both were were talented groups that we dealt with, and we ran into even stiffer competition, but I think the circuit you guys are going to be running, from what I've been able to gleam, is more New York to L.A. kind of circuits, which is a trying to figure out the different ways each sport set up. When we played softball, it was USA softball or ASA softball, which was a component of USA softball. And that was your, you had national champs at 10, 12s, 14, 16s, 18s, and 18 gold. Um, and there was one unifying organization throughout the country. And then there's football. Football has seven on seven. So there's there's championships, but there's multiple different championships. There's not one unifying force. And basketball, I think, is the same way. Uh, and I had uh, Devin Johnson, who's the head of the uh, All Love Basketball Organization here, and we were talking about that. You know, we've kind of determined that the, we think what's top notch here in Illinois is, uh, or in the Midwest, is New York to LA, and then maybe Illinois hoops and stuff like that. You can get more into those Saturday, Sunday things uh, that are uh, tournaments that are on the South Side. But we really seen a big jump in talent from New York to LA. So if that's the circuit you guys are going to be hitting one, you'll have great competition. And two, I think you guys will do pretty well and it will, it can only make you better. That's for sure. Right. And that's why we were kind of hoping to get into that, but you know, with the whole COVID thing, we understand, but there is possibility of doing a season, you know, later on, they're talking August and possibly into September of doing a, a short season type thing. So we're crossing our fingers that we'll still get some of that in, but um, yeah, it is the NY2LA. And I know there's, there's many different brackets and levels and all that. So, I mean, it's kind of like a college recruitment almost when we first were going through who we're going to play with and all that. It was, you know, it was starting college recruiting already. So there's tons of teams out there and there's different levels and it all depends on what you want to play and what kind of level of competition you want and all that too. So, Well, and I think you're going to be playing with, or at least, I don't know if you'll be on the same team, but uh, Cannon Leonard out of uh, Iroquois West, uh, he's a, he's going to be a sophomore as well. And he's six, eight or six, nine. I don't know if he's at, at the level that Owen is yet, but he's a, Big kid, he also plays football, but he's a basketball player. But I know they went over to Illinois Irish, and I think they like a lot. And they really like the guy that runs the organization because he really tries to get the kids out there to get them some recognition. And that's, again, what we're trying to do here. So coming back uh, to Kankakee and talking about Kankakee County and talking about BB, you know, last year uh, BB had a, a decent year, but they got knocked out. I think early in the regionals, I believe. And how did Owen adjust to that loss? I mean, that's always an interesting thing is it's easy when you're winning, but when you lose, how, how does a kid adjust to that and, and keep that focus so that doesn't just, especially being the last game of the year, that, you know, stay on his mind forever, right? I mean, sometimes you right. have a loss that's just devastating to you. Uh, how has he been able to adjust to that and – kind of looking forward, this is kind of a two-part question. Uh, what's his goals, do you think, and uh, that he's got coming up for this year uh, for himself personally? Speaking of that game, I mean, he took it pretty rough. If you would have seen him coming out of the locker room, I mean, it was red face and tears and, you know, all that. But he wasn't ready for it to be over. He replayed that game 
several times at home and, you know, in his mind that, you know, cause we, we were able to watch it off of our phones and stuff like that. Uh, cause coach recorded it and, you know, we, we sat down, we talked about, you know, what things we could have done different, what things should we have done, whatever, a lot of that. But I think he's using it more as motivation to not let it happen again. So I think that's another reason why he's been in the gym and been working so hard this off season because he don't want to be one and done. You know, he wants to play longer. He wants to be in the gym. He wants to play. I think that's why he he's putting in so much work this off season so he can come back motivated and ready to go for the next season. He's still a young player. You know, uh, he may think otherwise, but he's still a young player in the sense of of probably maturity and how you deal with that stuff to be able to take that. Obviously, you know, immediately afterwards, it can be pretty devastating, but then to use that as a motivator, I think really is an important kind of, how do we turn this around and, and use it to our advantage? Because within everything that's negative, something positive can come out of that. And uh, using a loss as a motivator uh, helps you, especially in times whether you're working on your own or you're in practice or you're in that game again or against that opponent again, uh, you use that uh, to be able to push yourself to that next level, right? And uh, so that's an important thing, especially, again, being a sophomore, uh, and it's I'm not trying to slide him, he's a young player. So learning that early is, is I think, going to be beneficial for him going down the road. Right. And that's one thing we've kind of, you know, had to help him with, you know, cause he took, took it as, you know, we lost, you know, whatever. And my wife and I are kind of explaining to him, I'm like, Hey, you know, you're, you're still young. You still got three more years. You know, you, you got a lot more games to play and a lot more to prove than just this season. So we tried to coach him and help him realize that, Hey, use this as motivation, use this as something you don't want to happen again. You know, there's three more years to left to play in high school. So go out there and next time, you know, give it your all. And, you know, you're going to be better in the end and use this as, as your motivation to, to go out there and not, not lose again in, you know, first round. And I think that comes along with the parenting and, and the things that we've been through, you know, with going to national tournament, you know, and, you know, my wife, she, they made it to the national tournament and they lost their first round. So she was able to use that as, you know, an example. Hey, you know, we made it there, but we just didn't play real well. But, yet, you know, it gave us motivation for the next season to get back to where we were. And I was able to use the same thing with going to, to nationals also. Him seeing that is with us helping him coach him through it is has really helped um, his attitude and his motivation for next year, I think. That's going to be important for him because it looks like uh, BB's schedule is still going to remain pretty solid at this point. And, you know, you're going to run into some of these same – you're going to run into your same conference opponents. Uh, you get the postseason, you could run into just about anybody that's in, in that particular region. It looks like he'll still have those challenges before him. Have you talked with Owen or have you guys had thoughts about who you think your toughest – conference opponent would be coming up for the 2020 season we have sat down and talked and i mean if you're looking at the big conference to where you know we have the bigger side and the smaller side in our conference um i mean you've got your boring brooks and your homewood flossmores that we that are always going to be tough and always going to be those basketball schools that they run the floor they they get up in your shorts and they those are probably our two biggest you know competition that way but if you talk about our side of the conference, the Lincoln Way Central, I don't know if they had too many seniors graduate. And Andrew, those two teams, I think, are going to be our top two competitors this year. And I think they didn't lose a whole lot. So, I mean, it's going to be, you know, and we, we lost, you know, two valuable pieces to our team. Not saying the other kids can't fill in. We're going to be young again. Well, not, not well, I shouldn't say that because we're going to have quite a few seniors this year. Um, but, I think we're more experienced and all that. And I think we should do pretty well. And I think there's a point to prove, you know, we're young. A couple of them are going to be still young and they still got time ahead of them. So, but I think they're ready for the competition. Yeah. And I know when you talk about the issue of, of youngness, I mean, I think there's some folks that 
uh, played with Owen last year that are going to be helpful. You know, Mark Robinson is is helpful. I, I've always, you know, we played ball with Mark, and I always found that not, and I use this term, and, and you may understand it, but for people that are listening, I'm not saying it to, to be detrimental, but he was he could really pick up those garbage points, those things that are people can't get to under the basket. And he seems to have the ability to get to the ball and then get it back in, and which is helpful, especially with Owen on the other side there, to be able to have those two guys inside. Uh, you'll be having some guys coming up from sophomores, which uh, uh, another one that we played with. And again, I, I'm not leaving any kids out that that should be mentioned. I, I just some of them I don't know, but Grant Fouts is a good, I think, on court leader for team uh, sophomores, and I, I like his grittiness. So you know, from the kids that I know and that I've been able to watch and that I know by name. I think Bradley can have a really good year this year, and uh, you know I'm excited about it. As I said, you know, hopefully working through my stuff, I'll be able to catch some games and and see the kids. I, I did last year, even with things that were going on with me. So, I, I think there's there's a lot of great things that are going to happen this year. And the great thing about where these kids are at is they really haven't blossomed yet, and so they're getting there. But I think their best is yet to come. It's just a matter of maturity. It's a matter of uh, physical growth, right? You talked about Owen growing, you know, another two inches or so. Kids are going to continue to grow. They're going to continue bigger, uh, taller, and which ultimately means they're going to be better athletes. So I think it's going to be a, a really good year for Bradley, and, and I'm excited to see all the boys play. Yeah, we're, we're really looking forward to the this upcoming season, uh, you know, with a year under their belt, you know, there's quite a few returning players. And I, in the addition of the sophomores that were coming up, I think it's going to be a fun year. And we are really looking forward to it. And Owen's excited to play. Well, and you'd mentioned from a travel perspective, and I, you know, I guess because my daughter had played travel ball that, that I'm a, I'm a travel guy. So I, I think it's really important to, uh, have that component there. And I think if they can get a small season in before that, that really preps them well going into high school basketball and going into the New York DLA setup, if that's what's going to happen, gets them a lot of competition. I mean, we, we played against some amazing competition when we were there. Some of our other teams that were older than us, I mean, you show up to the gym and there's 25 coaches and they're watching Wisconsin Playground and some of these, you know, like historic, you know, Mac Irvine, some of these historic kind of programs that are out there and watching these players. And we went to a really great tournament last year over in Michigan with the Storm, and we played against a team called the Family out of Detroit. And they were they were tough. I mean, they were tough both in talking, they were tough in what they did. They were talented. Their parents were tough, so we had to be tough too, meaning we had to be as loud as they were because they were certainly big supporters of their kids and and good for them. But we were getting out cheered, so we had to, at least from our perspective, had to play our role and and try to get uh, make sure they understood we can cheer too. So, But we had some really great competition, and then our 16s, we had a one of the parents was from Mantino and his kid was playing in the 16s. And he called me, he said, you know, uh, he said, we're playing uh, against the best kid in Michigan right now. I go, oh, yeah, who's that? And he goes, Monty Bates. He's not the best kid in Michigan. He's the best kid in the country. And uh, Amani right. uh, Bates, uh, you know, I don't know, had 35 points at half. They took him out and had a dunk where he dunked and his other hand was at the top of the backboard kind of slapping it. And it was something that, you know, he's going to be one of those kids if everything works out for him injury-wise and keeps his nose to the grindstone and stuff. He's going to be one of those kids that – you know, are going to be one of the extreme elites because he already is. He's a Gatorade player of the year and holds company with LeBron James and so many other great players. But to know that we're going into some of these competitions and playing against some kids that you've heard a lot about and groups of kids that have been together for a long time that are really good players. I mean, you can play against a team that you've never even heard of, and they're solid. And so that can only make them better. So I'm excited to for you guys to have a, a short period of time there and and can squeeze in uh, travel ball because that's I think that's just going to make Owen that much better. Yeah, and that's what we're kind of hoping too. 
um, I've been in contact with the coach, you know, here the last couple of weeks, just kind of, you know, picking his brain on what, Hey, are we going to have anything? Are we not? You know, so I'm hoping, you know, everything works out. He's talking four to five tournaments before September. So I'm hoping, I'm hoping. That's going to be a, a really good opportunity for Owen and, and all the kids to be able to do that. So, and it sounds like you guys have been working hard uh, in the off season. Owen's been doing all the great things that he needs to do to be better. And again, adding any other components that happen to come in play before basketball, sounds like he should be ready to play uh, once the season kicks off. Uh, You know, one of the things that I think is important to, to ask is what would college coaches appreciate the most about Owen? I would say that Owen is a very knowledgeable kid. He's got a 3.8 GPA. He has a goal of being a vet when he, after he graduates and wants to go to college. So he's very goal oriented with, you know, what he wants to do. He, if basketball doesn't work out, you know, for him, he, he does want to be a vet. So he loves animals. He's very coachable. He listens real well. So, and he's very competitive, especially against his little brother. But, um, but I think those four, he's, he's smart, coachable, listen, and his competitiveness, I think are the four things that I think the coaches would would really like about him. Those are good qualities to have, and those things are only going to get better. I mean, I think it's important to sum it up as Owen sounds like a really good kid, both on the court and off the court. And I did see that he was made it on a roll and stuff like that. So, you know, the great thing for college coaches is when he gets to that point to be recruited, you potentially have a kid to come into your program. He's a good kid listens, works hard, but will do the work in a class. So it's not like you're wasting money by putting money down on kids like that. So that's a really great thing uh, to hear. I know I'm excited. I'm sure you guys are extremely excited to get to playing uh, basketball. You know, I think you can practice and work out so much, but just the fact of having competition is something that that you got to have. And he's probably, as well as you and your wife, are probably really waiting to get some competition so you can watch him play and and just get back into that normal groove of things. So sounds like things are heading in the right direction. Yeah, and I mean, it used to be to where my wife and I would take on the two boys um, and we, we, we still beat them, but I messed something up with my hip and I haven't been able to play for a while. So we still haven't, we haven't been able to play. So he's not getting that, you know, kind of competition and stuff like that. So we are looking forward to hopefully with that travel ball, getting back on the swing of things that where we can get that competition. And, you know, we never played, we played travel ball one year, um, but it was a long time ago. And, I think it was the right time to make that change to where we need to get him back in there and get him seen and stuff like that. With everything going on, it kind of put us back to where he still hasn't played travel ball, which is a little bit our fault. But I think the development and his footwork and all that show that he's still been working, not just, you know, sitting around on the, in the off season. So, but we, yeah, we, we were definitely looking forward to watching the travel, you know, ball and watching the competition and, you know, knowing that it's only going to make them better. So, I'm, I'm glad to know that you guys have got a program uh, that you've hooked up with. Uh, as I said, uh, Cannon Leonard from Iroquois West. I talked to his father. Great family, and Josh is is his father. And Josh said, you know, the coach is really trying to get stuff out there, and we've seen stuff on uh, Illinois prep hoops and different things uh, related to Owen, and we've seen some stuff related to Cannon. So. That's the kind of thing that that I want to do. And and that's one of the reasons, as I've said before, as I started this podcast, is I think it's important that our schools, our athletic programs, our coaches, and our student-athletes in Kankakee County and Iroquois County, some of these areas that maybe people drive by, but they don't think about great things we do here and what great kids we have and great things that they accomplish, that we let them know that. And that's kind of what that's about. And you know, we're hoping once we're done with this, I always tell people, make sure you share it out on uh, uh, your Facebook or your Twitters or whatever it may be uh, to get that going. Um, because this is, I was talking to my wife this morning, we're going to start a separate component as it relates to, uh, and it's, it's all free, but working with the guys that do college recruitment and stuff. And I'm going to start probably doing player highlights, uh, 
you know, that some folks have them on and uh, Edgy Tim up north has them on, having our kids on for 20 minutes, give them their questions, let them know what, how to answer it. Some of them are probably better at it than others, but I think it's important for them to be comfortable with that. And it's important to highlight, you know, you have some kids that maybe are really talented. You have some kids that are pretty talented, uh, but you know, you have a lot of kids who forget the sports, do great things in the community. And I think people need to know that about our area and what we do. So it sounds to me like, you know, BB Varsity Basketball uh, is going to have a exciting year this year. I know uh, probably the kids, believe it or not, are excited to get back to school. They, they need that social interaction. Uh, we're probably excited to get them back to school as well, right? Um, and, uh, but it's, it's really exciting to get them back on the court too and, and watch and play and play a game that they love. So I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to meeting you and, uh, you know, face to face and, and talking with you and seeing all the boys play, but in particular, see your boy play since we've spent some time talking to him today. So it was great to have you on today, Zach, and taking the time to talk about Owen and, and kind of get your insight and what you guys are thinking and hoping for, for his 2020 season. And, you know, I want to thank you for coming on the uh, County Pulse podcast and uh, we'd love to have you back on. And at some point, if you're ever comfortable with Owen, come on and you want to be involved with that. We, we would love to have him on. So uh, we appreciate you coming on and taking the time today. Well, we appreciate you reaching out to us and, and, you know, trying to not only us trying to get Owen out there, but helping out the community and getting those kids that are, you know, one to be seen out there. And I think it's a great thing that you're doing. And if there's anything need for me or, you know, or if you, um, if you need anything from us, I mean, let us know. Cause I think it's a great thing that you're doing. Cause like you said, I mean, there's a lot of kids in this area that are not being seen because they're from a small school or, you know, just because we're not Chicago. But I appreciate you reaching out to us and um, asking us to be on. And definitely in the near future, we'll we'll get back on with you. And we are excited for, for the upcoming season. And we hope, hope all, all is well with BB. Thank you very much for your kind words, and we appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the County Pulse Podcast. Make sure to find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at The County Pulse. And drop a follow on each so you'll be able to take the pulse of Kankakee County and beyond. And beyond.